Good evening. It's Wednesday, July 15th, with this week's commentary for the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio. We're going to start out with an article I posted in the July 6th weekly commentary because I wanted to go through that. It has a lot of uh, uh, a lot of good insights <clears throat> for the present market we've been in and that we've been actually in for for quite some time. The uh, the title of the article, my lead article I wrote in the July 6th commentary, is maybe not irrationally exuberant, but definitely overvalued. So in December 1960, I'm sorry. December 1996, Alan Greenspan, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve um, Board at the time, said very famously, um, uh, or wondered aloud uh, very famously, whether investors were being irrationally exuberant um, in their driving the market up to very, very high valuations. And in an article that was written um, um, on July 6th by um, Mark Hilbert, uh, who used to write a very well-known newsletter that actually evaluated and critiqued other newsletter writers. Um, Mark Hilbert now writes for the Wall Street Journal as a columnist. So he, uh, he wrote an article where he was recalling Chairman uh, Greenspan's comments, and he asked the question, um, are stock investors irrationally exuberant again? And so to explore this notion, <clears throat> um, Mark Hilbert uh, reviews a paper, a 2006 paper done by two um, academics, Malcolm Baker and Jeffrey uh, Wergler, um, who've written a lot on the subject of investor sentiment and how it affects the markets. And so in a paper that they wrote in uh, 2006, <clears throat> Baker and Wergler um, came up with five uh, variables that they believe might indicate whether uh, investors um, are acting, uh, well, whether invest, investor sentiment is, is maybe driving um, markets to unrealistic valuations and, and in essence, um, acting um, in a rationally exuberant fashion. So in the paper that Baker and Wiggler wrote, um, five variables are, number one, the, initial, uh, the number of initial public offerings, the second is the first day average return of those initial public offerings. Uh, number three is how public companies raise their capital, whether it was equity or debt. Um, number four, the relative valuations of dividend versus non-dividend paying stocks. And the fifth factor was the average closed-end fund discount. So Hilbert, in his article, um, <clears throat> uh, looks at those five factors and compares it uh, with the year 19, calendar year 1999, which was the last full year uh, before the uh, top of the internet bubble, compares that with, with markets today. So in 1999, uh, there were 476 IPOs versus only 44 IPOs um, so far this, this year. Um, in 1999, the average first day IPO return was 71% versus 34% for this year. Uh, the percentage of equity capital raised in 1999 was 18%. Uh, today, it's only 7.5%. Um, the relative valuation of dividend-paying stocks is 44% higher than non-dividend-paying stocks uh, currently, which is a reversal from the 1999 period, um, which suggests that investors um, are not chasing those stocks as much as they did in 1999. And finally, the discount on closed-end funds is deep by historical standards, um, suggesting there's still a great deal of fear on the market today. So given this data um, and this analysis, Hilbert 
uh, concludes that the market is not irrationally exuberant. Well, be that as it may, um, the market may not be irrationally exuberant, but in my opinion, it certainly is very overvalued. Um, and in some cases seems to be getting worse. For example, um, as last Friday's close, the Dow Jones, Dow Jones Industrial Average um, was trading at a historical PD multiple of 21.95. The S&P 500 was trading at an astounding PD multiple of 27.38, 27.38. And if you recall back to the chart I've referred to many times, you can find that on our intrinsic value wealth report Com. So remember, I have two websites, um, intrinsicvaluewealthreport.com and intrinsicvaluewealthreportnewsletter.com. Uh, this podcast series is part of the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter. The Intrinsic Value Wealth Report has a chart, um, and if you have trouble finding that, um, uh, just you know, shoot me an email and I can, I can guide you to that. Uh, the sign up for that website is free. So in that chart, you know, um, it looks at a, a very, very long period of time about uh, market valuations and the subsequent 10-year uh, returns in the markets, Cl showing very, very clearly um, that when the markets get overvalued um, as they are now, at some point in time, they're going to correct back down. And um, that happened about, that's happened about 20% of the time in the period uh, of the study. Um, Again, that's, that's you can find in the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report. This was a study that was done by um, FactSet, um, uh, the Federal Reserve. Um, the study, I think, I believe was led by Credit Suisse. Um, and there were some others on that study as well. So pretty credible study. Um, but again, it's when you get these markets that are very, very overvalued like we're in, no matter how you want to explain it, we've discussed some ideas in the past few weeks that, you know, a large part of the S&P right now is dominated by stocks like Apple and Amazon, um, which, you know, probably should be trading at some premium, uh, but not as much as they are. Um, and But because they make up such a large part of the S&P 500, that's part of the reason why the S&P 500 is so high. But that doesn't explain all of it. Many, many other companies in the S&P 500 are getting overvalued, getting ahead of themselves in essence. And... Um, so I can't tell you when the market's going to correct. Uh, had a student ask me that the other day. I've actually had several students ask me that. I can only tell you that the market's overvalued, uh, and then when it gets like this, at some point in time, uh, it's going to uh, it's going to correct back down. Um, so you know, how should we invest? Um, you know, again, as I've said um, all along, if you don't have an investment program, do start one, but don't jump into the market in a in a really big way uh, because the market is um, overvalued. Um, start a little investment program, just put a little bit of money in. If you know young people um, who have you know 20 years or longer investment horizon, when you look back, even at this overvalued market, you're gonna be glad that you started some kind of a periodic investment program. You know, take advantage of dollar cost averaging. Maybe a little bit high right now, but it will, you know, it'll crack back down at some point in time and you'll probably get lower prices. So an overall average, uh, overall average lower price. Um, if you have an investment program where you've been putting money in periodically, keep that up. Um, again, even though I think the market's very overvalued right now, I think that's the most uh, prudent policy that you can uh, you can follow. Um, just investing over time. Um, one other little thing I wanted to mention here before we wrap up uh, for the evening: um, we in, in a class I've been teaching um, at uh, one of the universities I teach at. This one is on decision-making, um, you know, managerial decision-making 
and uh, strategic management. Um, and we've been talking about system one and system two thinking. Those terms, system one and two thinking, come from uh, Daniel Kahneman, who wrote a book called uh, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. He won the Nobel Prize in Economics for his work on system one and system two thinking um, and the behavioral psychology behind, um, <clears throat> behind, behind those notions. And so we'll, um, we'll probably do future podcasts uh, and YouTubes <clears throat> on this subject of the system one and two thinking. What I think is, in fact, I just actually made this observation myself the other day as I was looking at the market and describing to one of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the classes I teach, I looked at the market and I realized that the, uh, the market really is, is characterized by system one and two thinking. So if you think about it for a minute, um, the very, very long-term, rational, um, slow, if you will, system two thinking that many analysts uh, pursue when they're looking at the markets, and that's when we calculate things like intrinsic value of the market. And when we talk about the, you know, the chart I just referenced, um, it's you'll find in the intrinsic value wealth report, that looks at the uh, historical, uh, or I'm sorry, looks at the forward price earnings ratios versus the uh, tenure uh, uh, valuations. You know, that's system two thinking. We're trying to really rationally figure out where the market is and, and um, you know, put a, a, a reasonable valuation on the market and, and so forth. The system one thinking of the market is what happens in the market every day, every minute that the markets are open. So it's that trading activity, you know, the ups and the downs, the wide swings. Um, even when, <clears throat> when those swings are driven as they are largely by algorithms, you know, those algorithms were programmed to be system one thinkers. And so, um, uh, you know, we'll talk more about this later, but, but it was an interesting insight uh, that I had never really quite had in, in that particular context, the system one and two thinking. So system two is the long-term rational approach to the markets. System one thinking is just the everyday trading that goes on and that drives the markets up and down. By the way, I was just looking here at the commentary as I was finishing up this podcast. The reference to that chart um, is in the um, in that lead article I have um, that I referenced the, um, uh, the article on rational exuberance. It's down in the last paragraph of that article. Uh, it's entitled "The S&P 500 Forward PDE and Annualized Tenure Returns." So. Um, I uh, really highly recommend that uh, everyone look at that chart. A lot of insight uh, can be gained from that. That's it for this evening. We will talk to you next week.